0: If you have your bibles could you turn with me to psalm 16 if you're not sure where the psalms are it's the easiest book in the bible to find all you have to do is flip to the middle of your bible psalm 16 psalms chapter 16 we're going to be looking at one of my favorite verses in the bible this morning we're going to be looking at verses 5 to 8 of psalm 16 how many of you guys know that here at thrive we're doing a series it's called sweeter than honey everyone say sweeter than honey And this series is all about relationships. It's because we absolutely believe that the most precious, most important gift that God has given to you is your relationships. That more than the money that you make, more than the records that you break, more than the vacations you take, what's going to determine your happiness in life, what's going to define your success is the quality of your relationships. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. And that's why over the past several weeks and over the next few weeks, we are doing a series called Sweeter Than Honey, where we're looking at eight essential keys to having sweeter, stronger relationships with one another, whether it's in your marriage or people at home, people you work with, people that you meet on the street. It's about having sweeter, stronger relationships. That's why we've called the series Sweeter Than Honey. Have you guys enjoyed this series so far? Have you guys found this sweeter series helpful so far? We've really enjoyed going through this series, and today I'm really excited to give us the fifth essential key to having sweeter, stronger relationships. Before we do that, I just wanna show you something. My friend Dan's gonna come up as well, and uh, I bought this at a hardware store, and our team really did it up really nicely for me. I want you to notice that this bucket is made up of various panels. Do you see that? Various panels, and we've even decorated some of them. This one is called gratitude. Everyone say gratitude. gratitude. This one is called respect. Everyone say respect. This one is called empathy. Everyone say empathy. empathy. This one is called humility. Everyone say humility. And if you've been following with our series called Sweet and Honey, you'll notice something, which is these four are the four relationship keys we've been talking about so so far. And the reason why we put it on this little bucket is because each of these keys represents almost like one panel of the bucket. And it's because, this is the thing, over the next few weeks, we're going to be adding another panel and another panel and another panel to tell you this, is that our relationships are like this bucket. Is that if you want your relationship to be full, You need to have all eight keys that we're talking about during this series in place in your relationships You need an attitude of gratitude. You need to learn to show respect. You need to learn to be empathetic You need to learn to be humble and we're going to talk about four more keys over the next four weeks I encourage you guys to be here for every single one of our sundays as we do it because if you don't have Any one of those keys just like if you are missing if this bucket was missing a single panel What would happen if you try to fill the bucket? Everything would come out Everything would leak out. It's because all these keys work together. I'm going to say they work together. And so what we're going to do is we want to encourage you guys to come for every single one of our Sundays because it's about learning to have full relationships with one another and learning about these keys. Let's give Daniel a big hand. Let's give God a big, big hand here in this place as well. Praise God. Praise God. This morning, we're looking at Psalm 16, verses 5 to 8. If you have your Bibles in front of you, or you can read it off the screen, why don't you read it with me in a loud voice. 1, 2, 3, it says, Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. See, this is one of my favorite set of verses in the Bible. It's because these verses talk about the security that we can have, the joy that we can know, the the peace that we can experience, the wisdom that we can receive when we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. But see, there's one more thing that this verse is telling us about, and I want to point us to verse 6. Can we look at verse 6 together and read it with me in a loud voice? 1, 2, 3, it says, The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I want you to do something right now. In your Bibles, if you have a pen or if you're able to highlight, I want you to highlight these words right now. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. See, today we're talking about something that is so important in relationships but is not often talked about. It is the fifth key in our series called Sweeter Than Honey. Today we're talking about boundaries in relationships. Boundaries in relationships. See, what is a boundary? See, a boundary is a line that you don't cross. You know, we work with boundaries all the time. For example, in your home, there is something called a boundary line between your home and the home of your next door neighbor. And you know, you can do whatever you want within your boundaries, they can do whatever they want, in their boundaries, but the moment you start to do things that cross the boundary and go off to another person, it starts to have a problem. For example, you know, if you start to make a lot of noise and it affects the person next door, it crosses that boundary, you may have a problem. If you grow a tree on your yard, but then it grows sideways instead of growing up, you will have a problem. You, know, you might even have a neighbor who's so frustrated, they might go to City Hall and they'll look up the map that separates your property from their property and they'll say, okay, the boundary line is here. This is your stuff, this is our stuff. This belongs to you, this belongs to me. This is your responsibility, this is my responsibility. It's because we're working with boundaries. Everyone say boundaries. And you know, in traffic, we work with boundaries. When you came to church today, when you were, if you were driving here, you will have noticed possibly a solid, hopefully you noticed it, a solid yellow line to your left when you were driving. And what is that solid yellow line there for? Well, it's to tell you it's a boundary. You're not to cross it. Because if you cross that boundary, you're gonna face opposing traffic. You're gonna put yourself in danger. You're gonna put your passengers in danger. You're gonna put all those around you in danger. It's called a boundary. Everyone say boundaries. And see, what a boundary does is it clarifies what is yours, what is not yours. What is your responsibility, what is not your responsibility. But see, boundaries don't just clarify responsibilities. Boundaries are also meant to protect you. See, when you are driving on that street and there's a solid yellow line, it is there for your protection. And likewise, in our relationships, we need boundaries as well. See, without you knowing it, there are, in fact, boundaries that you work with already when it comes to your relationships, when you're talking with people, when you're meeting people for the first time. So take the way that you're sitting in church right now. In the seat that you're sitting, you are respecting certain boundaries, right? You're not putting your arm necessarily on, on the other person. Uh, you know, you're, you're not putting your purse on uh, the, the, the lap of the person in front of you. Why is that? It's because you're respecting their personal space. You're respecting their boundaries. Turn your neighbor and say, I respect your boundaries, You're not going to lean your head on that person's shoulder unless you know them extremely well, right? Unless you do, that's a little awkward, okay? And and when you speak to people, you know, there's certain boundaries that we tend to think about uh, unconsciously, which is, you know, stuff that, that stuff that is appropriate to say, questions that are appropriate to ask, things that are maybe not so appropriate to say, questions that are not so appropriate to ask, it's all about boundaries. You know, we even have language for boundaries. When we feel like someone has crossed a line, that's what we say. Oh, they crossed a line. When she said that, she crossed a line. When he did that, he crossed a line. It's the language of boundaries. You know, after 14 years of marriage, my wife and I, Charlene and I, we have have certain boundaries in our own home. Uh, For example, since the very beginning, 14 years ago, my responsibility has always been to take out the garbage. All right, that has always been within my boundaries, to take out the garbage. And in part, it's for Charlene's protection. It's because I don't want her going downstairs to the garbage room or going out into the lane in the dark by herself, it is for her protection. At the same time, since the beginning of our marriage 14 years ago, cooking has always been within my wife's boundaries. And that is also for our family's protection, okay? It's because if I was the one in charge of cooking, there is no guarantee that we would still be alive today, all right? That's, what, that's what healthy boundaries are all about. And so even at a very basic level, we all operate within certain relationship boundaries. If you believe that, say Amen. Now, boundaries, they clarify what belongs to you, what belongs to me. They clarify what is your responsibility, what is my responsibility. They help protect us and maintain healthy, normal relationships. Now, I'm going to put it to you today that as simple as that sounds, I'm going to put it to you today that maybe, just maybe this morning, you have an issue with boundaries. That maybe, just maybe this morning, there is an area in your life or a relationship in your life where lack of boundaries has been a problem. And we're going to talk about that today. How do you know if a lack of boundaries has been a problem in your relationship? How do you go about starting to set healthy boundaries? That's what we're talking about today. Hope we'll take some really good notes this morning. See, we're going to start with a definition for relationship boundaries. Why don't you write this down? Relationship boundaries are invisible lines that you draw to protect your health and the health of your relationships. See, these are boundaries that you set and keep in mind when you're dealing with other people. Now, depending on the relationship, you may need to communicate about those boundaries with the other person. Maybe you're married, you ought to communicate with your husband, communicate with your wife. Maybe you're a parent and you have to communicate those boundaries with your child. Like, No, that's not allowed. That's not okay. You're communicating boundaries. Maybe in a work setting, you're colleagues or maybe you're the boss of a bunch of employees. You're communicating boundaries. And see, in other cases... There might not be a need to actually verbally communicate about it, but it's something that you keep in mind. The boundaries concept is something you keep in your mind to make sure that you are safe, that other person is safe, and the relationship is secure. Amen. Amen. Now, here's the thing. What happens if you don't set good relationship boundaries? Let's talk about that right now. See, a few big problems take place when you don't set relationship boundaries. Let me give you a few right now. Number one, write this down. If you don't set healthy boundaries in your relationships, you will burn out. And not only will you burn out, but you won't be happy and you will not be effective in the long run. See, part of setting relationship boundaries is learning to say no. It's learning to say no to certain people. It's learning to say no to certain demands. It's learning to say no to certain requests. Because if you don't learn to say no, the result will be eventually that you will not be happy, you will not be healthy, you will burn out, and your relationships will not be healthy either. You know, when I was 19 years old, I just finished my first year of university. And I'd just gotten myself super busy with a lot of different commitments. I just said yes to everything that people asked of me. In part because, you know, I wanted to do new things. In part because, you know, I, I wanted to impress certain people or please certain people. In part because I thought I could handle it. But I just said yes to all sorts of different things. So I said yes to leading uh, a kid's camp in singing for the whole summer. Uh, I, I said yes to singing in a boy band, believe it or not. All right. Uh, that explains a lot for those of you who are wondering about me. Um, I was working full time at a bank. Uh, you know, I was doing a lot of different stuff. And just anything that people said, oh, JB, can you help with this? Oh, yes, no problem. Oh, can you do this? for this? No, no problem. I got it. Oh, can, can you do this? Oh, no, yeah, I got it. And, and it, was, it was something where I just did not say no to anything. And because I did not learn to draw boundaries and to say no, I was stressed out frustratingly so. I was so stressed out. Life was out of control. I felt like I had no control over my time, that like the moment I I thought of, I need to do this, all of a sudden I could think of four other things I need to do. I had too many bosses to be trying to please. I had too many commitments to keep up with. I was very, very unhappy. And you know, it's no wonder Jesus says, no man can serve two masters. Either he will love the one and hate the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Even Jesus didn't say yes to everyone. But see, in my case, I didn't learn that lesson. I just kept on saying yes to everything, never said no. And by almost the end of this kid's camp, with only two days left in this kid's camp, I was completely burnt out. I was exhausted emotionally, physically, Drained. I felt like I couldn't keep going anymore. And you know what I did? I did something that wasn't very mature. And looking back, if I had to counsel myself again, I probably would have counselled myself otherwise. But because I just was desperate, I didn't seek anyone's advice. I just decided to do what I thought was right. And what I did was, on that, on that two, three days before the end of that camp, I quit right there and then. I wrote down a a, a fax resignation letter. I sent it to the kids' camp and said, "I'm so sorry, but I, I got to stop." In the process, I ended up disappointing people. In the process, I made trouble for others. In the process, I hurt people. And it was one of those things where it's all because I didn't learn to draw boundaries. I didn't learn to say no. And not just that. As a result of my burnout, not only was I emotionally drained. not, Not only was I physically exhausted. Not only was I feeling like my life was out of control. But it was during that time that I started to doubt my faith as a Christian. It was during that time that I started to question everything that I'd learned and everything that I believed as a Christian. Oh, how do I know there's a God? How do I know if you know, God is really speaking to me? When I say God is speaking to me, how do I know that? How do I know it's just not me behind all of that? And I started to doubt everything. All because it began because I didn't learn to set boundaries at the beginning. And became, I became vulnerable to the enemy's attacks. And see, from that experience, and maybe you can relate to it, I learned that the, there's, there's, there's a need to learn to say no. There's a need to draw boundaries. Otherwise, you are going to burn out. Otherwise, you're not going to be happy. Otherwise, you're not going to be effective. I learned that when you can't say no to others, your life becomes a mess. You become out of control, and you become vulnerable to the enemy's attacks. Look at Proverbs 25, verse 28 with me. Why don't you read it with me in a loud voice. One, two, three, it says, Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Is that you today? Are you in a place today where you are like a city with broken down walls, you're vulnerable to enemy attack, and it's because you don't know how to say no, or it's because you've overcommitted yourself because you are such a people pleaser. You just can't bear the thought of anyone being disappointed in you, and so you try to please everyone, and in the process, you end up not pleasing anyone because you just can't keep up with what your mouth promises that you will do. Is that you today? If that is... It is time to start setting some healthy boundaries around what you will say yes to. If you believe that, say amen. Because here's the thing. You may be the most empathetic person in the world you may be the most giving person in the world you might be the most talented person around you might have the biggest drive to change the world but if you don't learn to set healthy boundaries around your relationships you know what's going to happen you are going to burn out you are going to cave in you're going to give up you're going to let others down and you're not going to be happy or effective at all have you guys heard the expression called burning the candle at both ends have you heard that expression before? It's the expression that talks about how you are working so hard at all these different things, at all, so, at all times of the day, such that you're not resting at all, you're not saying no to anything. And what is that? Well, there, there's, there's, a, there's a mentor of mine who likes to say, if you're burning the candle at both ends, you're not as bright as you think you are. It's because when you don't say no, when you don't say no, and, and you don't take, 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 the, take, take the initiative to set boundaries, you end up suffering along with others. If you believe that, say amen. Number two, there's a second problem that comes when you don't set healthy relationship boundaries. Write this down. If you don't set healthy relationship boundaries, there will be unnecessary confusion, misunderstanding, and hurt in your relationships. You know, many years ago, I lived in Toronto, and I had these two friends. One was a guy, one was a girl. And whenever we would hang out, I couldn't help but notice that this girl was always very affectionate, just very affectionate with her words, very touchy with her hands, wasn't very careful with the way that she spent her time, not just with one guy, but just, just generally. And one day, you know, I, I remember I, I see my friend who's the guy, and he's spending a lot of time with this girl, and they're going off for coffee a lot, they're, they're having one-on-one conversations a lot, they're on the phone all the time, and over time, one day, he came up to me and said, JB, I think I'm going to ask her out, I, li- I really like her, I think something's going on, I, I think she likes me too. And when, she finally, when he finally decided to express his feelings and to ask her out and say, you know what, I think, hey, I think you know where I'm going with this. You know, I think you feel the way that I do as well. Um, let's, uh, let's be more than friends. You know what her response was? She was like, she was shocked. She was like, ha, ah, I only want to be your friend. She's like, I just want to be friends. I I didn't know you had any feelings for me at all. I didn't know that you felt that way. What made you think that I was interested? And you know what? It broke his heart. And not, not, not only did they not date, they were no longer friends after that. And you know what? Could this girl have been more careful with the way she was using her time, her words, and her touch? Yes, she could have been. And she probably should have been. And that guy, in some ways, should have been more careful as well. But because they didn't set clear relationship boundaries, there was confusion, misunderstanding, and hurt in that relationship. And they weren't the only ones. You know, when I was in university, I had a friend who was really growing in her relationship with God. And at that time, I happened to be really growing in my relationship with God as well. And we, on a spiritual level, we felt like we really connected. You know, we, we love to share about what we're learning in the Bible. We love to pray together. We love to ask the question, oh, how's your heart today? We ask those kind of questions. We talk late into the night, sometimes in the early morning. And, you know, we pray together sometimes with a phone. And, you know, all this I thought was so innocent. Oh, we're just really good friends, I thought. But then one day, unbeknownst to me, deep down, this girl was developing very strong feelings for me. And when she told me, you know I don't just want to be friends anymore, I was so confused. I was so shocked. I'd never thought of her that way before. I just thought, you know, she's my sister. We're just hanging out. We're having, you know, we're just friends. And there was a part of me that just became so confused. I'm like, God, like, like what's, what, what are you doing here? You know, should I like this girl? Like, why don't I feel the way I think I should before I date this girl? Should I date this girl? Oh, she's a great girl. Like, what, what should, what, what's wrong? And, then, and you know what? This innocent friendship all of a sudden spiraled into the most confusing dating relationship I've ever been in. Where I was like, what am I doing? What what are we here for? Like wh- what's going on? All because we didn't set healthy relationship boundaries. And see, it's 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 this is that it's really easy to say, oh yeah, we're just friends. She's my sister, or he's my brother, right? But the fact is this, when you aren't wise and you're not careful in how you use your time, your words, your body. It is easy to mislead others, and it's easy to be misled. If you believe that, say amen. Here's the thing. Is it possible for a guy and a girl to be just friends? Is it? I believe it is, only if you set healthy boundaries. Because sometimes, you know, the way that God made us, sometimes you can't help but feel a little bit attracted to someone without them really doing anything and without really you doing anything. You just can't help but feel a little bit attracted to someone. But if you're not interested in dating that person, if you're not interested in being romantically involved with that person, then you need to set some healthy boundaries. Otherwise, there's going to be hurt, there's going to be confusion, there's going to be misunderstanding. So for those of you who might kind of relate to what I'm talking about this morning, for those of you who may have friends of the opposite sex that you are not interested in dating or being romantically involved with in any way, but you just want to be friends, can I give you some suggestions on boundaries that you can set? Can I give you some suggestions? Is that okay? Let me just give you a few suggestions that you can write down. It's not on the screen, so take good notes. Suggestion number one on boundaries. Avoid long one-on-one conversations and meetings with that person. One-on-one. Everyone say one-on-one. See, whether it's meeting online or meeting on the phone or meeting in person, you want to avoid meeting where it's only you and only that person together, and you're just there to, we're just here to talk. We're just here to have coffee. We're just here to catch up. We're just here to be study buddies, right? Why is that? It's because when you spend long, extended, one-on-one time with a friend of the opposite sex, it is very easy to start thinking things that you won't normally think. And not only that, when you spend a lot of time one-on-one with that friend of the opposite sex, it can be very misleading to one of you or both of you as to what is actually going on, as was the case in my friendship and my friend's friendship. And it can be not just misleading to you guys, it can be misleading to the people around you. Hey, See, you've been uh, hanging out a lot with Samantha. What's going on? What's going on with you and Samantha? Hey, what's going on? Oh, no, no, no. We're just friends, man. Just, don't, don't, don't make it a big deal. We're just friends. And see, it's misleading to others as well. But see, here's the thing. If you will avoid long one-on-one meetings, it will help you to draw a boundary to prevent feelings from unnecessarily coming up. Here's another one. Don't be overly affectionate with your words. Okay, don't be overly affectionate with your words. So for example, uh, Jasmine in just a bit is going to be giving us our announcements. All right? At the end of the service, she's going to be giving announcements. And uh, say you are a guy, All right? uh, you're uh, you know, watching Jasmine give uh, you know, announcements. You're not interested in uh, being romantically involved in any way, but you just come up to Jasmine and you go, Jasmine, I saw you're doing announcements today. You're amazing. Oh, I wish I could do announcements like you. Oh, maybe we can do announcements together one day. Right? And, and you know, if you do that, is that misleading? Tell me that is misleading. Amen? Tell the that's misleading. All right? That's misleading. And of course, we love Jasmine. Amen? Amen? And she's going to give some, some great announcements. We all believe she's amazing. But the thing is, if you are overly affectionate with your words, it can have the potential to mislead. If you believe that, say amen. Another one. If you are overly affectionate with your touch, that can be misleading as well. Don't be too affectionate with your touch. Dan, why don't you come up one more time, okay? Diana's gonna role play this with me right now. Say, so, say say, one of us say one of us is a guy, one of us is a girl, okay? Uh, say, you, I'll let you be the guy, all right? Okay, I'll, I'll be the girl for now, all right? And uh, don't be overly affectionate with your touch. Don't be like, oh hey Dan, and we're, and we're not dating, we're just friends, okay? Oh, hey Daniel, it's great to see you. Hi. Yeah, how are you? I'm good. Yeah? That's cool. Hey, I got something to tell you. Um, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's, there's this thing we're doing later on where I, I think we're just going to go and see a movie and stuff. Do you, want, do you want to come? Okay. Yeah? Sure. Awesome. Cool. Okay, I'll see you later. Bye. Okay, can you give Daniel a big hand right now? And if you're watching this or if you're Daniel, tell me the truth. Is that a little bit misleading? It's a little bit misleading. It's a little bit misleading. And see, here's the thing. We are a touchy-feely church, aren't we? You know, we high-five a lot. You know, we, we love to, you know, shake hands, give hugs. You know, some people come to me and go, I, this is my first time at Thrive. I've never high-fived this much in my life in a single morning, right? And we, we, we love to be affectionate and, and, to, and, to, and to give high-fives and all that stuff, but you got to be careful with being overly affectionate. Amen. Because if you are overly affectionate, it can be misleading. Now, you might be thinking, well, JB, that's not fair because that's just the way that I am. That's just the way that I talk. That's just the way that I'm just an affectionate person. And if, if they're attracted to me because of just the way that I am, then too bad for them, right? That, that's their problem. That's not my problem. If that's you, can I tell you this? You're wrong. See, it is your responsibility with the power and influence that God has given you to love and to respect and to protect the people in your life that God has placed, including friends of the opposite sex that you're not interested in dating. If you believe that, say amen. Because you don't want to give them the wrong idea. Look at Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 4. Read it with me in a loud voice. Read it, one, two, three. It says, Oh, let me warn you sisters in Jerusalem. Don't excite love. Don't stir it up until the time is ripe and you're ready. See what it's talking about. See, it's saying, in other words, girls, ladies in this place, if you want to have healthy, good friendships with a guy, and you're not one to date them, you're not one to be romantically involved with them in any way, there's something you need to know. Is that whether you know it or not, you have a tremendous power in your hands. See, Song of Songs says that you have the power to excite love. Through your words, through your actions, the way you dress, the way you speak and touch, you, know, you have the power to excite love. And so if you're not ready to be romantic with that person, you just want a platonic, healthy, non-romantic friendship with that person, then you need to be aware of how you're using that power and to keep it under control. And everyone here in this place said, amen. Amen. That's for the girls. How about the guys? Look at 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 2. What does it say? It says, treat the older women as mothers and the girls as your sisters, thinking only pure thoughts about them. See, what's going on here? There's a guy called Paul. He's a missionary. He's a church planter. And he is writing to one of his disciples, one of his closest disciples called Timothy. And he's teaching Timothy about relationship boundaries with the girls and the women in his church. And he's saying, hey, Timothy, if you want to have healthy relationships, non-romantic relationships with the women in your church you need to keep your mind and your thought life pure amen and for guys in this place it means if you struggle with pornography if you struggle with looking at porn then what's going to happen is that it's going to start to rewire the way that you look at the girls in your life without you even intending to you start to look at girls in a sexual way, even though you don't have any intention of being romantically involved with them. And so if you want to have a healthy, platonic, non-romantic relationship or friendship with someone who's of opposite sex, it begins with cleaning up your thought life. If you believe that, say amen. Because without healthy boundaries, friendships that were always meant to be platonic, friendships that were always meant to be non-romantic and healthy become confusingly and unhealthily romantic look at Deuteronomy 1914 with me in a loud voice read it with me it says when you arrive in the land the Lord your God is giving you as your special possession you must never steal anyone's land by moving the boundary markers your ancestors set up to mark their property what's going on here see back in Moses' time when people would demarcate their property they would use Boundary markers, these stones that would say your land ends here, your neighbor's land begins here. It was a boundary stone that would be set up for generation after generation, and and it was a way for people to tell their boundaries. And what's the saying? It's saying that okay, you want to respect your neighbor's boundary, and so not don't go in the middle of the night while everyone is sleeping. And you kind of every day you just move that boundary stone just like you know a few meters, and then a few meters next day, and a few meters next day, and then all of a sudden you have like an acre of property. And like oh, what happened? Your property. It's like really small now. God has expanded my territory, right? You don't want to do that because what that is called is stealing, the Bible says. Now, how does it apply to relationships and us? Is this, is that if you don't respect relationship boundaries, you are stealing from other people. You are stealing from their dignity, their respect, their sense of self worth. You're stepping on property that is not yours. If you believe that, say amen. See, the biggest news in Hollywood this past month was where dozens of actresses, many famous actresses in Hollywood, they went public about how one Hollywood producer had this history of sexually harassing women and more and more women across the globe have now been coming out about different ways that they've experienced sexual harassment in their lives. What is that? That is, you know, people who are not, men not respecting their women's boundaries, not respecting their female friend's boundaries and crossing a line and therefore stealing from them. For for example, this month there was a survey in Canada which was done and it found that approximately 53% of Canadian women That's about 8 million women in our country. 53% of Canadian women have experienced some kind of sexual harassment. Over half. That's a scary figure. And, And here's the thing. When you sexually harass someone, when you bully someone, what is that? That is crossing relationship boundaries. You've crossed a line that you should have never crossed, and as a result, you have stolen from that other person. You've disrespected that person. You've violated that other person. You've stolen from them what belongs to them, their respect, their dignity, their sense of worth. You've caused confusion. You've caused a misunderstanding. You've caused hurt in the process, and all the while, you've damaged your own reputation. If you believe that, say amen. That's what happens when you don't respect relationship boundaries. That's why it is so crucial. If you want to avoid unnecessary hurt, unnecessary confusion, unnecessary misunderstanding, is to set and respect relationship boundaries. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need to set healthy boundaries. Amen. Is this helpful in this place this morning? All right, number three, why don't you write this down. If you don't set healthy boundaries in your relationships, you will be influenced by the wrong people. You're going to be influenced by the wrong people. You know know when it was the first time that I realized that I needed to set boundaries in my relationships? I was 15 years old. I was in grade 10. And I had a classmate who, whenever we were together, whenever we talked, it was one of those friendships where it brought out the worst in us. The stuff we would talk about, the things we do, it just was not a healthy friendship at all. And I didn't like the person I was becoming every time I was with this guy. And, you know, I tried to change the topic. I'd be like, you know, let's talk, let's talk about something else, man. Like, let's talk about this. Let's, not, let's do something else. But he would keep on insisting on it to the point where I realized that if this guy's not going to change, I got to change. I got to set some boundaries. I didn't tell him that. But in my mind, I started to say, okay, you know what? I need to set some boundaries. I need to keep a distance. And so I would you know, still say hi. I'd still be friendly, but I would not be too close to this guy because I didn't want to become that kind of person when I was with that. Do you have a friendship like that? where when, when, when you're with that person, you just don't like the person you become when you're with that person? That was the kind of friendship. I had. And I realized that I need to start drawing a line and saying, I'm not going to be too close to this person. And you know what? One of the best decisions I made in high school. So much more peace. Life became so much more simple because of it. And it's because I had to learn to set a boundary. And sometimes we have to swallow some pride and just be honest with ourselves. Yeah, we want to bless others. We want to influence others. But if you had to be really honest with yourself, how much are you influencing them and how much are they influencing you? And if it's the fact is that they're influencing you more, sometimes you just have to draw a boundary and say, okay, I just cannot get too close. Because here's the thing. You cannot control how the people around you act and what they do but you can control how you respond and relate to those people by setting healthy boundaries. If you believe that, say amen. See, sometimes you need to draw boundaries with people who influence you to go in the wrong direction. Here's a question for you. Is there someone in your life today where you need to start drawing boundaries with? Maybe it's something you have to talk to them about. Maybe it's something you just have to keep in mind to yourself. But it's like, okay, I need to draw a boundary to protect myself and protect that person and to protect that relationship. Let's look at First Kings chapter eleven, verses one to six. Read it with me in a loud voice. One, two, three. It says, King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. Stop right there. Stop right there. See, King Solomon. He is the king of Israel. And at this point in his life, you know, up to this point, he was a God-fearing man. He wanted to do things God's way. He married the the daughter of Pharaoh of Egypt. He was already married. And see, the word of God was very, very clear. He said, kings should not have many wives because those wives will lead him astray to follow other gods. And and what ended up happening was Solomon could not help himself. God had a relationship boundary that he wanted Solomon to protect. He disregarded that boundary. And as a result, kings solomon says he loved many foreign women besides pharaoh's daughter moabites ammonites edomites sidonians and hittites keep on going it says, they were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, You must not intermarry with them, because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had seven hundred wives of royal birth, three hundred concubines, and his wives led him astray. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned to his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. He followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians moloch the detestable god of the ammonites stop stop right there verse 5 it talks about moloch the detestable god of the ammonites you know why it's called moloch the detestable god of the ammonites is because moloch was a god that foreign uh, that, that the foreigners in egypt or foreigners in israel would worship and it was a horrifying religion to appease this god called moloch they would sacrifice children they would sacrifice children in a fire. There's this pit of fire that they throw the children in as a way to give an offering to this God called Moloch. And, you know, and, and Solomon starts to get involved in that. Look at verse 6. It says, verse 6, it says, Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David his father had done. See what's going on here. God had set a boundary, a relationship boundary for Solomon and said, don't get many wives, don't marry women who are going in a different spiritual direction as you, who don't worship the Lord, who worship something else, don't marry those people, don't get romantically involved with those people. But Solomon disregarded that boundary. He's like, I don't care. I feel something. I feel a connection with this person. I need to have this person in my life. And as a result, he disregarded that boundary. He got involved with women he was never supposed to get involved with. And those women end up influencing him to worship other gods. And he stopped being devoted to the Lord his God. He started worshiping idols. And as a result, he would end up losing his kingdom. As a result, he would end up losing his influence. Just one generation after Solomon, Solomon's son is now the king, and the the kingdom is basically slipping through his fingers, all because it began here, with Solomon's inability and his refusal to abide by relationship boundaries. And as a result, Solomon would go from being a wise, humble, God-loving king, to this jaded, disillusioned shell of himself by the end of his life. And that's why nowhere in the Bible will you find anyone who has this more glorious start to their lives and, the most, and a more disappointing and sad ending to their lives? It's because Solomon never protected the relationship boundaries that God had set for him. Now, why does the Bible have this story for us? It's not just a nice story to know, but it's because if you're a Christian and you're single and you want to get married— you need to look for a life partner who loves and follows Jesus as well. Because there's a reason why the Bible commands Christians to not yoke yourself to an unbeliever. What does yoke yourself mean? Yoke yourself doesn't mean, oh, you can't, uh, oh, that means I, I can't talk to people who don't believe in Jesus or I can't uh, be friends with people who don't believe in Jesus or I can't hang out with people who don't believe in Jesus but it's talking about yoking yourself yoking yourself it's a farming tool like it's a farming concept where you are attached to someone so closely that you can only basically go in whatever direction both of you guys agree to go in don't yoke yourself and and mortgage your future that way is what the Bible is saying and see here's the reason there's some really good reasons why the Bible says if you're a Christian and you 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 want everything that God has for your life. Don't yoke yourself to someone who's not going in that same direction. One reason is this, is because your relationship with that person is gonna lack the deepest form of intimacy. See, it's not on the screen, but you can write this down. When you as a Christian decide, I'm gonna date someone who does not believe in Jesus, doesn't believe in the Bible, doesn't believe in God, is not going the same direction. When you decide to do that, your relationship is gonna lack the deepest form of intimacy. It's because your faith in Jesus is the most precious, deepest part of who you are. And if you attach yourself to someone who doesn't believe in Jesus, who doesn't have the same spiritual foundation, who doesn't maybe even believe in God, and you're gonna attach yourself to them, what's gonna happen? At the deepest level of your relationship, there is no connection. You're not, it's like building a house on an uneven foundation, is that you can't really relate to one another in the most important way. What kind of relationship is that? And see, that's the first reason. There's a second reason, is that if you're a Christian, you want to follow Jesus, but you, you insist on being romantically involved with someone who does not believe in Jesus, who's not one to follow Jesus, who doesn't love God, who's not going that direction, what's that going to set yourself up for? It's going to set yourself for a great deal of trouble when you guys are together. Because, you know, when, when you are a Christian, you marry a Christian. When you're together and you're, 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 you're romantically involved with someone else who is also following Jesus, what ends up happening is that there are a whole bunch of decisions that you need to make as a couple that are non-negotiable, no-brainers. It's like, oh, should we go to church this Sunday? Of course we do. You know, Are we going to read the Bible? Of course we will. You know, are we going to tithe to our church? Yeah, that's, that's, that's what we do. Are we going to teach our kids the Bible and pray with them? Yes, definitely. Just no-brainers. Of course we'll do that. But if you, as a Christian attach yourself romantically to someone who's not willing to do any of those things who doesn't believe oh i don't believe the bible i don't believe in jesus i don't believe in i'm not sure if i believe in god and you you attach yourself now all of a sudden all of those issues become questions all of those decisions become debatable all of those decisions become negotiations where oh are you guys gonna you know go to church together oh i don't know we'll see we'll see how we feel uh, are, are you going to teach the kids the Bible? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we'll just let them decide for themselves. Are you going to tithe to the church? Oh, I don't know how, how we would feel about that. Oh, I don't know how she would feel about that. Maybe. Oh, I know. Well, let's we'll pray about it. We'll pray about it, and see what ends up happening. Is so many decisions that are just no-brainers for someone who's following Jesus all become questions now, and that's why it is so so much so much trouble for that Christian. You might feel, oh, I'm I'm I have so much faith. I'm so strong as a Christian. Don't underestimate me, JB. I'm not easily shaken. But you're going to find this. Over years, you're going to find that you're going to be talking about and debating about and struggling with so many different issues with someone who doesn't share the same faith as you that at the end, you're just going to end up being so tired that at some point or other, you're just going to compromise. You're going to give in, go, get okay, fine. Okay, let's not go to church this week. Oh, fine, let's not read the Bible. Oh, oh, fine, we'll just, you know, let the kids choose for themselves. Oh, fine. And you end up living a compromised, empty version of the person that God made you to be. If you believe that, say amen. See, this is so very important. There's a very there, These are very practical reasons why the Bible says to Christians, do not yoke yourself to someone who's not following Jesus. And see, you maybe you're in this place and, you're like, well, I don't know. JB, I just don't know. Let me tell you one more reason why the Bible says this? It's because if you're a Christian and you are dating or mar- about to marry someone who doesn't share the same faith as you, you know what? You send a confusing message to that person you're dating. Because on one hand, you're like, oh, I love you. I love you just the way that you are. You're perfect. But then you're, yeah, yeah you, 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 you believe that, right? So, so why do I have to become a Christian then? Why do I have to, you know, get baptized? Why do I have to, you know, believe in Jesus like you? Like, don't you love me the way that I am? Oh, I do. Yeah, I do. But, um, uh, well, and, and you, in the back of your mind, you know what the Bible says. You know what God's word says. But you're like, oh, well, let's, let's pray about it let's pray and it becomes so confusing for you it becomes misleading for that other person because all of a sudden you're like so what do you accept me or do you not accept me can you see how when you as a christian decide to date someone who's not a christian and and and, and it's something where they're they're like uh, they're they're confused and they could that's unfair to them amen you see, it's like it's like you're saying, oh, yeah, I, I love you, but can you change? I, lo- I, I love you just the way you are, but can you can you be different? You see, it, it's confusing for you. It's confusing for them, and it's not fair to them. If you believe that, say amen. And see, don't be deluded by, you know, stories that you hear of, oh, yeah, I know this guy. He was a Christian. He dated this girl, not a Christian. Yeah, they're both going to church now. Uh, or they're, they're, they're both, you know, married now, and they, they go to church sometimes. Don't be deluded by those kind of cases, because um, let me tell you this is that those cases are rare. I've I found that in my uh, years as a pastor and as a, a Christian growing up in church, the greatest killer of Christians that I've found is not, not reading the Bible enough. It's not, don't go to church enough. Those things are so important. But the biggest killer of Christians is unwise relationship choices. Where someone, a Christian, who says they want to follow Jesus, attaches themselves to someone who does not want to follow Jesus. And as a result, their relationship and that Christian's future all become a compromised version of what God had intended for them. If I'm making sense in this place, say amen. See, the same thing that happened to Solomon happens to Christians today. And I don't want you to make the same mistake. See, what if you're here and you're already dating someone who is not a Christian, who's not following Jesus, who's not committed to that? Then can I tell you this? A few practical things. Number one, if you're dating a non-Christian and they are open to coming to Jesus, then ask them to get baptized as soon as possible. As, as, and baptism is a very simple thing that you do. It's not even something that you do, it's something that's done for you. You just kind of go there and go, ooh, right? That's all you do. And it's something that's done for you to evidence your faith that you believe in Jesus and you wanna follow them. And do not marry that person until they make that decision. Do not ma- marry that person until they come to a genuine relationship with Jesus Evidence through baptism. Now, if you're dating that person, they don't follow Jesus, and all this time they are obviously closed to God. They don't. They refuse to come to church. They refuse to read the Bible. They, they're like, oh, this is all, this is all, this is all silly garbage, religious garbage. What are you doing, even going to church? You know, like I, they're they're closed to. G- they're close to the gospel. They're, they don't want to follow Jesus. Then, if that's you, then I've got a suggestion for you. It's not hard. To, it's not easy to hear, but I got to give it to you. You got to end it you got to end that relationship. you got to end it. Because it doesn't matter how rich or how good-looking or how compatible you think the two of you are, at the deepest level of your relationship, there's going to be a disconnect. And that, that miracle of them one day turn to Jesus may never come. And so why do you want to gamble your faith and the rest of your life away? The short-term pain is going to be worth the long-term gain. If you believe that, say amen. so, so important now if you're married to someone who's not a christian or doesn't believe in jesus then don't seek a divorce you know there's not much you can do except to just love that person as best you can love them like christ loves you and pray for a miracle to take place in your unbelieving spouse's heart that one day hopefully one day they will trust jesus as well but if you're single in this place don't go for that third option don't settle for that third option. Go, oh, yeah, so yeah, I'll, just, I'll just quickly get married now, and I'll just pray. Because that is you failing to set a relationship boundary, and as a result, you are going to cause trouble for yourself, trouble for your spouse, and trouble for your children as, well, as a result. God has more for you than that. If you believe I give God a big, big hand here in this place right now. Come on. Amen. See, what do we learn from all this? What we learn is that when you don't set healthy boundaries in your relationships, You will be influenced by the wrong people. That's why we need healthy boundaries. Turn to your neighbor and say, we need healthy boundaries. Amen. Amen. Number four, if you don't set healthy boundaries now, your future relationships are going to suffer. There's a lot of ways we can talk about this, but today we're going to talk about one topic. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to quickly talk about sex right now. Proverbs 5. All of a sudden, I see some eyes coming up right now. All right. Proverbs 5. Let's read 1 to 14. How many of you guys know that we love God's word in this place? Amen. And so the way we read God's word at verse 2 and 3, we read it just as loud when we get to 11 and 12 and 13. Amen. All right. So help me preach in this place and read this with a loud voice. 1, 2, 3. It says, my son. Pay attention to my wisdom Listen well to my words of insight That you may maintain discretion And your lips may preserve knowledge For the lips of an adulteress Drip honey And her speech is smoother than oil But in the end She is bitter as gall Sharp as a double-edged sword Her feet go down to death Her steps lead straight to the grave She gives no thought to the way of life Her paths are crooked But she knows it not Now then, my sons Listen to me Do not turn aside from what I say. Keep to a path far from her. Do not go near the door of her house. Lest you give your best strength to others and your years to one who is cruel. Lest strangers feast on your wealth and your toil enrich another man's house. At the end of your life, you will groan when your flesh and body are spent. You will say, how I hated discipline. How my heart spurned correction. I would not obey my teachers or listen to my instructors. I have come to the brink of utter ruin in the midst of the whole assembly. See, what's going on here? You know, ironically, this is Solomon talking in his prime before he himself stopped obeying and protecting relationship boundaries. He's warning against adultery. This is God's word warning against adultery through Solomon. And see, here's the thing. What is adultery? Adultery is having sex with someone that you're not married to. It's having sex with someone who's not your spouse. That goes for married people. That also goes for single people. For, for married people, having sex with someone that you're not married to, that's called in, adultery or infidelity. For single people, having sex with someone that you're not married to is called fornication. Or in more modern translations of the Bible, it's called sexual immorality. Now, here's the thing. When a married person gets involved in an affair, that, of course, is a boundary issue. They've stepped over the line into territory that they should have never crossed. And as a result, tremendous hurt results. You know, we've seen that happen, you know, in different countries we've been in, different places we've been in, different cities where we've ministered, where just people, marriages that are so, so damaged by the hurt that is caused by adultery. And praise God. God is a forgiving God. He's a redemptive God. By God's grace, we've seen uh, you know, a number of those marriages restored and healed and move on to a much better place today. But there is possibly no greater hurt in a marriage than one, one, when one person commits adultery against the other and has an affair. But see, How about unmarried couples? Maybe you're dating today. You're not married, um, and you're, you're sleeping with your boyfriend. You're sleeping with your girlfriend. See, here's the thing. Our society today talks about sex as if it's something that we just get to choose to do whenever we want with whoever we want, with basically no limits at all. The only limit is basically, you can't rape, you can't sexually harass, and no pedophilia. Right? That's basically. Other than that, it's pretty much, it's all free game, it's all fair game, that's what the culture we live in preaches today. It's the whole thing about, oh, it's my body, I can do what I want with it. And, and this is the thing, I've seen this happen over and over, is that you never see this part, is that when a a a couple that is not married, they start to hook up. They may be dating or they're just, you know, you know, just like friends with benefits or they they, they just they just do this thing where you know they just do what married couples do and more than that. They they'll, 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 they'll sleep with one another, they'll have sex, they'll go the whole nine yards, and then they'll break up, they'll move on to another partner maybe, the cycle continues until one day that person finds the quote unquote love of their life and they get married. And this part, this is the part that you never see. See, romantic comedies, rom-coms end it right there with nice music in the background and, and it's all done. But see, the reality is this. We've counseled so many couples where that person gets married and because one or both of the people in that relationship did not guard themselves in, in terms of their sex life, didn't save anything for their marriage, didn't respect boundaries that God tells them to respect, that there are all these issues of insecurity, jealousy, hurt, all these issues, regret, shame, guilt, that come into that relationship after the marriage and start to make their sex life extremely troublesome. You never hear that side of it because it's not sexy to show that in Hollywood. In Hollywood, it's all about, yeah, just sleep with whoever you want. so romantic. As long as you put some romantic music in the back, then all is good. But that's, that's not the reality. The reality is that if you are not careful to guard and protect boundaries when it comes to what you're going to do with someone that you're dating but not married to yet, it's going to affect your future relationships. Now, you may be, oh, but JB, how do we know if we're sexually compatible if we don't have sex? That's just ludicrous. That's crazy. Let me tell you this. This is so important. Just because you have sex with someone once, before you get married, and it is awesome. How how does that guarantee that for the rest of your life, your sex life is gonna be awesome? It doesn't. Just because you have sex with someone before you're married, and it is bad. How does that in any way tell you what your sex life is gonna be for the rest of your life? It doesn't. The fact is this, is that a great sex life is something you have to work at over a lifetime, amen. It's not just something that happens, on oh, like, that person forever is going to be this, you know, sexy beast in my eyes, you know. And we're always going to have amazing sex all over, like, even when we're 90 and 100, we don't have to work at it. It's just a natural connection we've got. No, that doesn't happen. See, how many of us know seasons change? People change. Circumstances change. Body shapes change. Hello? Some things that you wish would get smaller actually get bigger over time. Some things that you wish got bigger over time get smaller. Some things sag, okay? All those things happen. And, and you have to, over the course of season after season, if you are committed to your married partner, you'll be like, you know what? In every season, we're going to work at this and have an amazing sex life. I believe this, is that God, if you have a desire to get married, and you believe that God has a calling in your life to get married, I believe God wants you to have an amazing sex life. That he wants you to have a great sex life because it is a gift from God. Sex is an amazing gift from God. But if you don't respect the boundaries on sex that God has placed in his word, what's going to happen is that it's not going to be so amazing when you finally get there. Because for a lack of respecting boundaries, you end up having a lot of hurt, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of insecurity, a lot of jealousy, and a lot of complicated stuff that you wouldn't have had you obeyed God's word and protected God's boundaries. If you believe that, say amen. And so for the sake of your future relationships, set good, healthy boundaries in your relationships. Because here's the thing. What's the point behind all this? Is that you cannot have healthy relationships without healthy boundaries. See, could it be that the reason why you are so unhappy today and the reason why you're so frustrated in your relationships right now is because you haven't protected Your relationship boundaries or you haven't even set relationship boundaries is there a relationship in your life today where you desperately need to start setting some relationship boundaries if that's you then i'm going to end today really quickly with giving you three or four ways that you can start setting those healthy boundaries has this been helpful in this place this morning Yeah, has this been good this morning? Let me just end with three, four practical ways you can start setting healthy boundaries. Number one is this, look to God for wisdom on what boundaries to set. Look to God for wisdom. See, God is an expert when it comes to setting and respecting boundaries. How do I know that? Well, first of all, look at the universe that he created. It is one that is based on boundaries. It's based on these laws of nature that allow our universe to run the way that it does. Second, when you look at the Bible, the Bible describes God as this God who wants desperately to get close to you. He desperately wants a relationship with you. So much so that when we had gone our own way, when we had disobeyed God, when we decided I want to do it my way, not your way, God, when we decided that we would, we would just you know, forget about God and do our own thing, when our sin separates us from God, the Bible says it's almost like there's this boundary between us and God that we cannot cross. No matter how hard we try, we can't get across to the other side. But because God loved you, And he loved me. He sent Jesus Christ to go off to the other side to live the life that only God in the flesh could live a life that met all of God's requirements. And then he got up on a cross, he died for our sins so that all the sins that separated us from God before would, would not separate us anymore, that we could be forgiven. And then he rose again from the grave to show, unlike any other person who's ever tried to found any religion, that. You know He would rise again to show that he, you can trust what Jesus says. And the Bible says that when you put your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ, God forgives you of your sin. He looks at you and says, you are my child. You have a relationship with me. You are blameless in your sight. All of your shame, all of your guilt, all of it is taken away. You are made new in my sight. Come on, give God a big, big hand in this place. That is... The God that we serve, that is Jesus. Come on, give God a big shout in this place right now. Come on. But even so, despite all that that God does, and no matter how much he wants to have a relationship with you, do you know he respects your boundaries? Look at Revelation 3, 20 with me right now. What does it say? It says, here I am, read it with me, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. See, what is it saying? It says that this is Jesus talking and he's saying, yes, did I die on the cross for you? Yes, I did. Do I love you? Yes, I do. Do I want desperately a relationship with you? Absolutely. But I'm not gonna barge in and home invade your life i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get in there when you don't want me in there i stand at the door and i knock and i won't come in until you open the door i stand at the door and i knock and i won't come in until you choose to invite me in god is a gentleman he respects your boundaries aren't you glad that god is a god who respects your boundaries isn't that amazing he doesn't have to And yet he does. That's how much he cares about you. And if you have never received Jesus Christ into your life, you've never opened up your heart to him, guess what? Jesus is standing at the door of your heart. You don't have to wait for another feeling to come over you. All you have to do is open the door. And that's the only thing you have to do because God respects your boundaries. But there's one more way that God shows that he knows how to respect and set boundaries. And that is because God loves you and he wants what's best for you he gives us his commands. He gives us his word. And you know, a lot of people think, oh, yeah, the Bible is so oppressive. The Bible, oh, it's so bigoted. The Bible is like prison bars to restrict your freedom, to take away your happiness. It's like a prison bar. Let me tell you this. The word of God is not prison bars. The word of God is like guardrails on a highway. The word of God is is like guardrails on a highway where you're traveling at whatever speed and those guardrails are there not to restrict your freedom, not to take away your happiness. They're there to keep you from falling into the ditch and dying. That's what they're there for. That is the word of God. And the word of God is there to give you an idea about the boundaries that you need to set for your life. Because if there's anyone who knows, it's God. Look at Psalm 119 verse 105 with me. Read it in a loud voice with me. One, two, three, it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. And so if you're wondering what to do about a certain relationship in your life, what boundaries to set, the first one you go to is God. Look to his word for guidance, because the better you understand God's word, the better you'll understand the boundaries that God wants you to set for your life. If you believe that, say amen. Not just that. When scripture is silent on a specific topic that you're asking about, then you have one more thing that God has given you. You have his Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom. Look at James 1, 5, and 6 together with me. 1, 2, 3, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. See, what what is James saying? He's saying that God is so happy and willing to give you the wisdom you need for your relationships. All you have to do is ask. And when you ask, you ask with faith, believing that God will give you everything you need. And as you trust him, he will show you that his wisdom is truly best after all. You know, Charlene and I, Pastor Char and I, we, uh, when we started dating about 16, 17 years ago, we started to realize that we need to set some boundaries. And uh, we decided we're going to ask God about it. We're going to pray about it. We're going to discuss it together. And uh, with her permission, I've, I've uh, got some uh, boundaries that I wanted to share with you that we set when we were dating. Can I can I share them with you? Is that okay? Yeah? You guys want to hear some boundaries that we set? Okay? Here we go. Here, here's a couple. Here's a couple. Um, one is this, is that when we were dating, this is before we were married, we decided we want to save kissing for later. Um, We we don't, you know, mouth-to-mouth, lips-to-lips kissing. We want to save that for later. Why? Um, We don't want to do that right away in our dating relationship. And why is that? It's because we didn't want our physical relationship to go so far ahead of the rest of our relationship. And see, that happens a lot in dating relationships today. Is that it almost gives you a false sense of security. Is that you're so into each other's mouths and tongues that you forget to connect on a heart-to-heart level. And all of a sudden, after the passion goes away and, you know, the the freshness of being physically intimate goes away, all of a sudden you realize, like, who am I even talking to? Who is this guy? I don't even know this person. Like, how how did he even get involved in a, a romance with this person? We're so different. It's because what happened, you let your physical relationship far outstretch the rest of your relationship. And see, that's because that's you didn't set boundaries. We didn't want to do that. And so we said, you know what, we're going to save kissing for later. And, you know, praise God, I still remember where exactly we had our first kiss. Yeah. I won't tell you where, okay? That's too intimate, all right? But I still remember where we do it. And, and praise God, do we kiss each other a lot now? Every single day. Anytime we want. No boundaries on that anymore. Praise God. But that was after marriage. Amen. Amen. But here's another one. Here's another boundary that was set. Is that we wanted to save the words, I love you, for when we got engaged. We wanted to save the words, I love you, for when we got engaged. Why is that? It's because we didn't want to be the kind of people who say, I love you, and then I leave you. Is oh, I love you. Oh, but oh, it's not working out. Sorry, bye. I leave you. Right? And, and, oh, I love you. Sorry, oh, I guess I didn't love you. Like, 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 we didn't want to devalue what love is in God's sight. And so we're like, you know what? When we get, mer- when we get engaged, that's when we'll say, I love you. And so I still remember that day, June 3rd, 2001. Sorry, June 3rd, 2002. June 3rd, 2002. I got on my knees and I said, Charlene, I love you. Will you marry me? And she said, Yes, and I love you too. That was the first time we said I love you to one another. And to this day, we say I love you to each other every single day. Come on, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now. Amen. That's called setting boundaries for the protection of those you love. Number two, look for advice and examples from people whom you respect and who are more experienced than you. See, this has been an ongoing theme in our Sweeter Than Honey series. You guys notice that? It's about getting advice from people you respect who are more experienced than you. When Charlie and I were, you know, still single and we were kind of still sorting out our lives, you know, there, there's a bunch of books that really helped us kind of sort out the kind of lives we wanted to live. Uh, and, and this these were, these were people that we didn't know personally, but they wrote some really great stuff that has helped us so much. Their lives, their stories have inspired us. One was Passion and Purity by Elizabeth Elliott. Another one was Boy Meets Girl. By Joshua Harris. And the third one was called Lady in Waiting by Susan Meisner. That was more a Shar book than a JB book, all right? Uh, I think she was more into that than me because it's a book for women. And, and see, looking at that advice, that really helped us and shaped our thoughts about the relationships we want to have and the boundaries we want to set. Not just books not just videotapes, not just people you don't really know personally, but even more, people that God has placed in your life. Those are the people that God has put in your life so you can seek them for good counsel. One of the most helpful advices I got when I was still single from multiple mentors and multiple older friends in my life was make a list of the traits you want to see in your future life partner. And so I wrote them down and all of a sudden, when I had this list, not just, oh, you know, as long as they uh, are female, as long as they have you know two hands two feet uh, as long as you know they they can speak english then you know that that's you know, it wasn't that it was specific okay does she love god does she love her family you know, is she, is she self-controlled? Does she have a good temper? Is she wise? You know, Is she beautiful, not just on the outside, but also the inside? Had 20 characteristics that I wrote down, and that became my boundaries. I wouldn't just go ahead and, and just date the next warm body anymore, but I had boundaries set there where I'm like, okay, this is what I'm looking for. It helped me to set some boundaries by getting advice. Look at Proverbs 19.20 with me right now. What does it say? It says, get all the advice and instruction you can so you will be wise the rest of your life. Tell a person you, I need advice. I need advice. Number three, take the time to understand how God made you and what protections you need to be at your best. See, like many of you here, I live a life that's pretty busy, very busy. And uh, I live a life of where I'm giving a lot. And I can tell you this for sure. If I did not set boundaries for myself personally, I would definitely burn out. I burned out when I was 19. I don't want to burn out again. And see, here's the thing. Do you want to know what boundaries I've learned to set for myself on a day-to-day basis or a week-to-week basis? Here are a few. Uh, for example, I learned early on in high school that I can't do all-nighters before a big night or a big event, exam, presentation, preaching the, day, the next day, I can't do all-nighters because my, my body just somehow doesn't work that way. Another one is that uh, I've learned that caffeine and my body don't go hand-in-hand. All right, and so that's why, you know, even stuff like uh, tea in a Chinese restaurant, oh, that, that, if, I, if I have that, it keeps me up all night. My, 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 my mind is just wired that way. You know, if I have green tea ice cream, oh, on Thanksgiving service a month ago, I, I wanted to celebrate how we had two good services, praise God, new season in our church. I had some green tea ice cream. Guess what? I was up the rest of the night. Just some green tea ice cream. Seriously. And so I, I try to avoid caffeine when I can. Another one is this. I will schedule a day off for myself every week. Do you know what my day off is? My day off is Monday. And so if you call me on Monday or if you message me on Monday, chances are I will not reply, okay? It's not because I don't love you. It's simply because I need to set some boundaries. If it is a life or death emergency, that's an exception. But on the whole, it's about protecting one day where I can recharge and be at my best. And so Monday is my day off. Thanks for respecting my boundaries. Amen? Amen. Another one is this. I try to go to the gym two to three times a week, and it's a way for me to relieve stress. It's also a way for me to maintain my buff dad look that uh, I've been working on for years now. You know, every day, I also try to be home at a certain time because as busy as I am and as much as I'm in love with our church, I'm also in love with some, some a group called my family, and they need me just as much, if not more. And so being present in their lives and being home by a certain time every day is another boundary that is set. Another one is this. I haven't been doing a good job with this one. um, No eating after 9 p.m. I find that if I eat after 9 p.m., I don't feel good the next day. Um, I got to maintain this fit dad bod or whatever semblance of that you can see. Um, and, uh, and so that's another boundary. And uh, let's all read Psalm 139, 14 with me. Read it in a loud voice. 1, 2, 3, it says, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. See, this is the thing. The Bible says that your body is God's workmanship. And the better you understand how God made you, the better you can understand what boundaries you need to set for yourself personally in your life. Let me ask you this, are there certain boundaries, just personal habit boundaries, that you need to set to protect yourself and to protect your relationships so that you can be at your best for your husband or your wife, for your, for your kids, for your friends, for the people in your life? Is there? Well, if there is, let me give you one more suggestion. Make sure those boundaries that you set are consistent with God's word. Make sure that your boundaries are consistent with God's boundaries for your life. And so say you're dating, you're not yet married, and say you're sleeping with, you know, your girlfriend or boyfriend, you know, like, you know, every day. You know, you, 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 you do, do not set the boundary of, oh, you know what? Okay, we need some boundaries. Let's just do, uh, let's, let's just have sex like twice a month or, or twice a week, okay? That, that's our boundary, all right? No, no, no. See, see, if you want all that God has for you, you need to set boundaries that are consistent with God's boundaries, which is, you know what? All that good stuff, wait until marriage for your protection. Hello. Amen right? And then another one is this. Maybe we'll be, oh, you know what? Okay, so yeah, maybe we'll go go to church. Uh, This is our boundary. We'll go to church maybe once a month. We'll go to church maybe once a quarter. No, no, no. See, God's boundary for you is that he wants you to be in community. He wants you to be meeting regularly with your church family, not to be isolated and distant, but to be fully involved in your family, in your church family, to come to church on a weekly basis, to be in small group, because that's how you experience God's greatest blessings for your lives. If you believe that, say Amen. Look at Matthew chapter 7, 24 to 27 with me. Read in a loud voice. One, two, three, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. In other words, stop right there. It means, go back to verse 25, if you will follow God's boundaries, if your boundaries are consistent with God's boundaries, you might go through storms, but your house will not fall because it is built On the rock, his name is Jesus, amen. Amen, but keep on going. Verse 26, it says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You can set up all these clever boundaries that are totally inconsistent with God's word, and at the end of the day, when the storm comes, you're not gonna have a house. We need to set good boundaries with one another for our relationships. If you believe that, say amen. Last point, we're going to close. See, if you want to set good, healthy boundaries in your relationships, then number four is this. Communicate about those boundaries with those who need to know. Communicate. See, there are certain boundaries in your relationships that you don't need to communicate about. It's something that you just have to keep it in mind the next time you deal with that person. But in some other cases, there are certain boundaries that you definitely need to communicate about with the other person. If you're married and you want to set some boundaries, you have got to talk about that with your husband or wife. If you're dating and you want to set some boundaries, you got to talk about that with your boyfriend or girlfriend. When you when if you're if you're a parent and you have kids, you got to talk about certain things. You got to you got to you got to be vocal about those boundaries. If you're in a work relationship, or if you have, if, if you have a roommate, you know you're you're you've got you know you're you're renting a place together. You've got to talk about boundaries. When I was working in Taiwan, this is the last story for tonight, this morning, when I I was working in Taiwan, there was uh, a very heavy overtime culture in the office where I worked And you know, basically to be fair, a lot of offices in Taipei. And uh, people at this office were very accustomed to working very late hours into the night, you know, 9, 10, 11 p.m., weekends as well. And I realized after doing this for months, I was like, you know what, I need to set some boundaries. And so I went up to my boss and I said, hey, uh, David, like just a couple things is um, on Thursday nights at seven thirty. My church has a prayer meeting, and uh, I'm, I'm really hoping to be there for that. Um, so, is it okay if I, I take uh, take off early on Thursday, uh, Thursday evening? Oh, and not just that, um, David. Like there's a there's a, on Sunday mornings and Sunday afternoons. I I, I want to be there with my church family. Is it okay if I don't come in on Sundays? And he was like, you know, I respect that. That's cool. And you know what? After I started setting those boundaries my work performance got better than it ever had been prior to setting those boundaries. It was because I started to learn the importance of boundaries. Everyone say boundaries. See, it's tough for people to respect your boundaries if they don't know what they are. So who is someone that you need to communicate about when it comes to boundaries? You're like, oh, but JB, I feel guilty about setting those boundaries. I don't want to hurt the other person. Can I tell you this? You're hurting that person more by not telling them anything. In the long run, you're hurting yourself even more, but not communicating. Oh, but JB, well, I mean, what if the person doesn't agree? What if the person you know, doesn't want us to set boundaries? Then tell t- t- this, talk it out until you can agree, and come to a, a, a an arrangement that both of you can live with. But if that person is being unreasonable, and the lack of boundaries is actually putting you in trouble, it's putting you in danger, it's almost becoming abusive, and it's creating distress in the relationship, then can I tell this, at some point you may need to also draw your own boundary no matter what they say. Sometimes you need to do that. It's because we all need boundaries to have healthy relationships. Amen? Let's read one final verse together. Titus chapter two, verses 11 to 14. Let's read in a big loud voice as we talk about boundaries today. One, two, three, it says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Praise God. Are you, have you learned something in this place this morning? Are you guys glad you came here to listen to God's word? Can we give God a big, big hand, a big shout in this place this morning? Can we stand to our feet? Tell person, give him a person to get my have and say, I need healthy boundaries. Tell someone else, you need healthy boundaries. Let's stand to our feet. Let's respond to God here in this place. Praise God. Before we sing a song, I'm just going to invite all of us to close your eyes, to bow your heads as we respond to God's word this morning. See, today we've been talking about the need for boundaries in our relationships. How you can't have healthy relationships without healthy boundaries. And so my question for you today is, is there a relationship in your life today where you need to set some healthier boundaries? Do you want to be better at setting and protecting the boundaries in your relationships? If that's you, then we want to pray with you and for you in this place. If you realize today that you may have a boundary problem and you want to start doing something about it, I believe with God's help, you can... And if you are here, we want to pray with you and for you. If you just you realize today that you need to set some healthy boundaries, why don't you raise your hand to God right now as a response to his word this morning. Why don't you raise your hand to God right now from wherever you are. Just raise your hand to heaven today. Let the height of your hands reflect just how much you want God to help you in this area. Let the height of your hands reflect just how much you want God to move in your life so that you can have healthier relationships. If that's you, if that's you, I'm going to encourage you to start praying out loud in your own words to God right now. Right now and right now, if you realize that you need to see, set healthy boundaries for your relationships, why don't you pray this prayer with me right now with your hands raised to heaven? Just say, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I realize today I, realize today, I, can't, have healthy relationships I can't have healthy relationships without setting healthy boundaries. Please forgive me, Please forgive me for, all the times for all the times when I haven't respected, I haven't respected other, people's other people's boundaries. When I haven't set, when I haven't set boundaries, for boundaries for myself. Please help me, Please help me, starting, me. Starting, today starting today, to set healthy boundaries with the people in my home, in my home with my closest, friends, my closest friends, with people I work with, people I, work with, people I, study, with, I study with, because I want all of your blessings for all of my relationships. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus name, I pray. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Praise God.